what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Those saints come out of the grave. Can you imagine the impact if one of those were to walk in that back door right now? There'd be a James-shaped hole in that wall over there. I'm trying to get something across to you. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was a powerful thing. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please? The book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, move down if you will to verse 10. The apostle Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, the power of his resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is without a doubt one of the most powerful events to ever happen in human history. The ripple effects of what Jesus did reaches all the way back to the very foundation of the world. It touches you and I today, presently. And His resurrection reaches into the illimitable future. The power of his resurrection. But I want you to understand this today. Were it not for the cross, the resurrection would have never happened. Jesus' perfect life qualified him for the cross. The cross qualified him for the resurrection. And our faith And what he did qualifies us for all the benefits for which he paid. (laughs) Glory to God. Let me say that again. His perfect life qualified him for the cross. The cross qualified him for the resurrection. And today our faith in what he did qualifies us for all the benefits for which he paid. I want to deal this morning with resurrection past, resurrection present, resurrection future. The day that Jesus was crucified, the Bible tells us in Luke 23, 
that there were two thieves hanging on each side of him. And one of those thieves, in Luke 23, verse 42, he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Many of you here, many of you listening by radio, you have the idea that paradise is heaven. But paradise is not heaven. Paradise is a compartment in hell. It was a holding chamber for all the Old Testament saints. In Luke chapter 16, we read the story that Jesus told about Lazarus and the rich man. How that Lazarus was a beggar and he died and was carried into Abraham's bosom. That's paradise. And the rich man died also and was buried. And the Bible says in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Jesus uttered those words 2,000 years ago, and today that rich man is still there being tormented in those flames, wanting just a drop of water upon his tongue. But there will be no water given. Folks, let me tell you, hell is real. Hell is real. And God, help us to preach this gospel. God, help me to preach it true. God, help us to get this word out to the masses of people that they may hear, that the convicting power of the Spirit might move upon them, and they accept you, Lord. There's a many a one in hell right now that would love to be where you're sitting. They would love to hear what I'm telling you this morning. But it is too late. It's too late. That rich man was in hell. And he was able to look over into this compartment called paradise. And he saw Lazarus there. The Bible says that Lazarus was comforted there. There was water there in paradise. Paradise wasn't the burning side of hell. As you read on down in that 16th chapter of Luke, there was a great gulf fixed between the two places. And you could not cross from one to the other. Why did God create such a place as paradise in hell? Sin is what gave Satan the legal right to hold all the Old Testament saints captive. 
under the old economy of God, God provided a way for people to be saved. And it was through and by the sacrifice, the sacrificial system which pointed to Christ and what he would do. But the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. It could only cover the sin. And when they died, they went to this holding cell called paradise. And again, they were not tormented. They were comforted. They had water there. But then one day, the Lord Jesus Christ stood before John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he paid man's sin debt. Glory to God. Glory to God. He paid the sin debt. And in Ephesians chapter 4, Verses 8 and 9, the Apostle Paul said that our Lord descended into the lower parts of the earth. And he led captivity captive. He emptied out paradise. When Jesus died on Calvary, you want to know what he did for three days? He went down into the lower parts of the earth. And he led captivity captive. All those Old Testament saints that placed their faith in the sacrifice, the one who was to come, he took them on home to glory. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 52, the Bible says that the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Who they were, how long they stayed, and who they appeared to, we don't know. But can you imagine the impact of such an event? I've been here ten years. And I've had to stand in front of a mini casket. I see their faces sitting where some of you are sitting at today. They gave their hearts to the Lord. And if they had died under the old economy of God when Jesus was raised on that first resurrection morning... Those saints come out of the grave. I can still see Miss Virginia sitting there. Brother Price. Brother Phillips. Brother Caps. The list goes on and on. Can you imagine the impact if one of those were to walk in that back door right now? I'm just going to be honest with you. There'd be a James-shaped hole in that wall over there. Y'all can sit here if you want to. I'm trying to get something across to you. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was a powerful thing. Every one of those Old Testament saints came out of paradise 
and were carried on up to glory, and some of them stayed behind and shared their testimony with the living. That's powerful, folks. Let's bring it up to the day. Resurrection present. The Apostle Paul said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. He's not speaking about the rapture of the church, which I'm going to deal with here in just a few minutes. But he was talking about resurrection life. Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 3. He said, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. The word baptism in the Greek, the Greek word there is baptisma, it refers to something being placed into a new environment or coming into union with something else in order to change its condition. When you and I got saved by placing our faith in what Jesus did, we were placed in Christ. We came into union with Him. Baptized into Jesus Christ. We were changed. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. That refers to the cross. The cross made this union with Christ possible. Sin demanded death. The wages of sin is death. And in the mind of God, the moment we place our faith in what Jesus did, when Jesus died on Calvary, you and I died with Him. In the mind of God, you and I died with Him. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. Romans 6, verse 4. When we got saved, we were not only crucified with Him, but we were buried with Him. The old man, what I used to be. All of my sins were buried with Him in the tomb. Buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. The resurrection was proof that Jesus had lived a perfect life. He never sinned one time. And His resurrection is our resurrection. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now the same power that quickens you and I because we were once dead in trespasses and sins, but now we are made alive unto God through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works inside of us. 
Philippians 2, verse 13, the Bible said, It is God that works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. But we have to cooperate with the Spirit. We have to cooperate with the Spirit. Paul said in Galatians 5, 16, that if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We have to learn that. Going back to Romans 6, verse 5, if we've been planted together, if we've been planted together, again, it's that union with Christ. It's a union so tight that the Lord said in John six fifty three. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you shall have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Lord's Supper typifies our union with Christ. When you take that bread... He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He took the cup. He said, this represents the blood of the New Testament. And I give it to you for the remission of sins. There's a whole lot that can be said there. If we've been planted together in the likeness of his death... It says we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Resurrection life now. Living a victorious, overcoming Christian life. We've dealt with resurrection past. The power of the Holy Spirit that's working with us now. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power now that works within our hearts and lives. I want to deal with the power of the resurrection future. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16, The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. He said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is the rapture of the church. It could take place at any moment. His resurrection is our resurrection when jesus came forth out of that tomb he was able to appear and disappear he was able to be here one minute and then several miles away and just a minute later he was able to move at the speed of thought he was able to appear and disappear he was able to walk through walls he stood there at the Sea of Galilee after the resurrection and the disciples were out there fishing. And he beckoned for them to come and they recognized him and when they got to the shore, he was cooking fish. 
on the fire. And they all sat down and ate with him. This resurrected body, we're all going to be able to sit down and eat. Can I get an amen, somebody? (laughs) Glory to God. We got a lot to look forward to, folks. John said that when we see him, we shall be like him. How far do we carry that? When we see him, we shall be like him. Will we be able to move at the speed of thought? Will we be able to appear and disappear? Will we be able to, what all will we be able to do? I don't know. We're all about to find out. For the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those of us which are alive and remain are going to be called up to meet him in the air. We're going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Corruption's going to put on incorruption. Mortality is going to put on immortality. Changed. I won't need these glasses anymore. I won't need those walkers anymore. You won't need that wheelchair anymore. <laughs> Glory to God. You're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Glory to God. There's a better day coming because of his resurrection and the price that he paid. Just a little bit after the rapture of the church, we will all watch as God the Father holds in his hand a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. A loud proclamation was made throughout all of heaven. Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And the Bible says that no man was found worthy. No man in earth. Why? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There was no man in heaven at the time that was able to take the book and to read the contents of the book because the book is a book of judgment and none of us are able to judge anybody for anything because we've all sinned. Well, I ain't never do that. Oh, but you did something else. We don't have the right to judge other people. This book is a book of judgment. John wept much because he recognized his own failures and shortcomings. And one of the elders looked at John and said, don't weep. One has prevailed. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to take the book and to loose the seals thereof. And John turned to look. Expecting to see the Lord whom he had walked with some 60 years earlier. And there stood a lamb as if it had been slain. It shocked him. He was expecting to see the Lord in all of his power and glory. And yet there stood a lamb as if it had been slain. 
The word lamb in the book of Revelation is used over 28 times. Under the old economy of God, the lamb was the most sacrificed animal for sin in the Old Testament. When the lamb was slain and the knife went across the throat of the animal and the blood poured out, it fell over and died. But this lamb had the appearance of being slain, but yet it was standing. There stood a lamb, a type of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Were it not for the resurrection, were it not for the cross, this of which I'm trying to explain to you this morning will not be possible. And the lamb came and took the book. And as he opens up the seals, it will begin the seven-year tribulation period, which will bring about the restitution of all things. It's going to bring about a new heavens and a new earth. And folks, we've got all eternity to learn about what Jesus did at Calvary and the power of his resurrection. That's why Paul said, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, as well depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.